This is Wessler Media. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. Do you ever like look at your garage or you look at your kitchen or look in your laundry room and you say, I don't know where to start because everything is just a wreck. Everything is a mess. I feel like that quite a bit. I, I go into my uh, my barn, my garage, and I'm like, oh my, who made a mess? And it was me that made a mess. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the mess of the world that you and I live in and then how God how he stepped in to help us clean it up. I'm Pastor Doyle from The Church Next Door. This is Your Next Step, and today we're going to look at Abraham. We're going to look at how he was God's starting point. So when you're looking across your garage, you're looking at your laundry room, your kitchen, you have to pick a point where to start. Where do you start in the cleanup process? Well, God started the cleanup process of our world with, with Abram. Now, Abram was not perfect. Abram was this guy who lived in Ur of the Chaldees, and God said, I need to take you out of where you are, and I want you to learn to trust me and move to a land that, that I'm promising you, and I want you to follow me. So Abraham, you know, Jewish tradition says that he was an idol maker. He left behind his family, his way of living to follow God. And so that's how God starts with us. He always has to start somewhere with someone. And today, he's starting with you. He's starting with me. He's saying, follow me, listen to my voice. Let's talk some more about this. Let's look at Genesis together and the story of Abe, Abraham and the promise, the real promise from God. So when you and I open up Genesis and we read the story of Genesis, it's more than just human inspiration. It's human inspiration in the sense that, that man, humanity has passed it on down but it's because God has engaged them. Now, this is another way you know it's true. When you read the story, when you read the story, it fits with your and my reality. This is what I'll say. Look at your notes. I want you to see this. This is what I said. What Genesis presents to us is a world of magnificent beauty and extreme variety. A world of magnificent beauty and extreme variety. Why do I say that? Because when you and I, when we go on a walk to the park, go out today, go out to Battelle Darby Park, see how high the creek has gotten to, and get a little wet, okay? When you're out there, what you're going to do? You're going to be amazed at the variety. You're going to be amazed at the different animals you see. You'll see a squirrel, and then you'll see a white squirrel, and you're going, where on earth did an albino squirrel come to in Ohio? They're out there, dude. They're out there. Why? Because God has created just a magnificent, beautiful world, and it's of great variety. You know that by experience, and that's what the Bible tells us. The second truth that the Bible tells us in Genesis that you and I agree with, and even the world agrees with, is this. The world has been ruined, ruined by those who live here. Folks, anyone from the green movement in your world and my world today agrees with me with that. They will tell you, the problem in this world is people. Did you watch the news this past week? 
How many of us would agree that the problem in this world is people? I do. Why? Because people are ruining it. People are the problem. Now, here's the caveat, okay? The world would have you believe, the world would have you believe that with just better stewardship, we can fix the world. If you and I will just work harder and smarter and work together, we can solve the problem of the world. The Bible says that's not true. Because the Bible says that although we have caused the brokenness in this world, the only one that has the capacity, the resource, the power to heal our broken world is the one who created it to get it back. And see, you and I, we can try really hard to be great stewards of the earth in which we live, but as long as a ruined, broken humanity lives here, it's going to cause trouble. So the solution is this. The solution is we need a source outside ourselves that has a power and a love to heal us. And God is that answer. God says, I can fix it if you'll come to me, if you'll allow me, if you'll just accept that I, I exist and that I love you. And Abraham, Abraham is the beginning of that big relationship shift. Now here comes the problem. The fact that we mention that and we say that Abraham had the solution obsesses us. It creates a tension inside us. I call it the scandalous truth, okay? And here's the scandal. If God is going to be the one that fixes the problem, he has to start somewhere with someone. God has to start somewhere with someone. And God chose to start with Abraham. And when you and I look at that, our natural reaction is say, that's not fair. I wanted it to be me. And suddenly we're taken back to third grade and kickball. And you were like, why did you pick them first? I wanted to be picked. And suddenly it's about that brokenness within us that we wanted to be the chosen one, that we wanted to be the first in line, that we wanted to be the key. We wanted to be the hero. I want to be Superman. You want to be Wonder Woman. That's the way that works. And that's the scandal. But can we be honest? If God had chosen you, how many thousand years would have transpired before the hope got to anybody? A Bible teacher friend of my dad once explained the tension this way. When we look at the Jewish people and, and Abraham as the beginning of that, we're like, it's not fair that they're the chosen people. Why did God choose them? And that's the scandal that we're struggling with. We're, we're upset about it. And this Bible teacher said, well, it's kind of like a father who comes home from work and he's brought candy for his children. Now, there's a couple of ways he can do this. And what we want is this. We say things, well, why did God just have to go to the Jewish people? Why couldn't he send, uh, why couldn't he go to one person among every tribe, every people, every group? And he, he'd do it that way. And a father could. A father could come home and he could hand each child individually one candy bar. But instead, the father came home and he handed a bag of candy to the first child that came to him when he came through the door. 
And he said, I've got some candy for you and your brothers and sisters, and I'd like for you to take it and share it with them. Tell them daddy loves them and give them some candy. Now, why would a father do that? A father would do that because he would want his children to understand the importance of receiving and giving and sharing and being a part of the story and the love. And the reason that God has chosen to do it this way is because you have received a gift from him and he wants you to be a part of the family. And in his family, we give away what he has given to us to others. We share, we're kind, we're like our father. And I believe that's a great way of understanding it. So let's get into Abraham and what we can learn from him, a real person in the word of God that can impact our real lives. We can relate to him. I love this. It says in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. This week I was talking with my dad, I, uh, and I said, Dad, do you have any advice for me, any recommendation? We've been talking about the world and how broken it is, okay? And my dad just said, well, Doyle, all I can tell you is this. When I read the Bible and I pray and I look at this, I'm just convinced we're in the last days. And I said, well, what's your advice? He said, well, your advi my advice to you is this. Learn to listen to God. Learn to recognize God's voice and follow his voice. His voice, his re your relationship with him is the only thing that's gonna carry you through this time period. Know God's voice, recognize his voice, and listen. And right here we are with Abraham. Abraham's story began with God's voice in his life and his being willing to be obedient to that. Now, I realize the world in which you and I live, they scoff at that. They'll mock us. They'll make fun of us for believing that we can hear the voice of God. But I hear people all the time who tell me things like this. They don't even believe in God. And they'll say, I did such and such, and I just knew it was the right thing to do. Well, how'd you know? I don't know. It was like a voice inside of me. Are you crazy? No, we understand that language because every one of us is designed within, within us. We have this ability to recognize maybe I ought to do the right thing here. Well, Abraham is the, the beginning of that faith run of learning to recognize God's voice and responding to it. And, and some of you say, well, can God talk to me when I don't believe in God? Well, I hope so. He created you. He designed you for a relationship with him. Even though you don't believe in him, he can be talking to you. How do I know this? Because I used to try to ignore my mother and she still kept talking to me and I knew she was there. <laughs> oh, you had a mother like mine. See, Abraham recognized God's voice. Now, what did God ask him to do? He said, I want you to leave your home. I want you to go. Now, let me tell you something. Talk about something that's, that's, that's not appealing to most of us. What did God do? God uprooted Abraham from everything he knew, uprooted his life, and took him to another place. And, and let me just tell you, from personal experience, I've been uprooted by God 
multiple times. And the first times he does it to you, it is just like, wow, I can't believe this. You know, it's so hard. But now, now I've gotten to this point and I'm like, okay, God, if I need, <clears throat> if I need to be uprooted, it must be a good thing. And I just trust you. But at first it's really hard. I mean, I remember being uprooted in college, you know, I remember, I remember going from one college to the next and it was God in the middle. I was in a good place. A lot of, can I tell you this? Sometimes when God uproots you, it's not because where you are is a bad place. I was doing godly things. Good things were going on. Now, sometimes we're in a bad place. We know it, but we don't want to leave the bad place. And we're like kicking and screaming when God is saying, you got all these. All I can tell you is this, is if right now you feel like, all right, God is beginning to say, I need to move you, or you're in the midst of it right now. Maybe right now you feel like, oh man, God has been uprooting me over the last six months. It's this process he's been going through. I feel like right now I'm on a truck, you know, United Van Lines is in the middle of hauling me somewhere and, and you're getting banged around. Or some of you feel like, well, I've just got to this new place and I'm getting, that's a different part of it. But see, that's what Abraham had to go through. Just understand this. Your father in heaven who loves you sometimes will take you. Read Psalm 1. A tree transplanted is what it says there. The blessed life has transplanting involved. And so God will move you from where you are. All right. Genesis chapter 12. Verse six, Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who has appeared to him. This is why the Jewish people have returned home. I've got a picture for you. This is 1986 of me when I met, went to Shechem. And um, I want to show you where Abraham went to. That's a picture of me. Uh, same hair, good hair, always good hair. All right. <laughs> and over to my left, you'll see a round circle. Maybe hard for some of you guys to see over here. But, but, but that's Shechem. Now, this is a whole huge valley. And, and up here on the left, you see these trees. This is Mount Gerizim. And on the other side of the valley is Mount Ebal. Now, these two mountains is where God brought the people of Israel after they came out of Egypt. They're taking the land and Joshua brings them in. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 15, 16, and 17. And he puts half the people on Mount Gerizim and half the people on Mount Ebal over there. Ebal is bald, no trees growing off, okay? And he says, if you will hear my voice and you will obey me, I will make you a blessed people. But... If you ignore me and choose your own way, you will be cursed. And that's how he tells them, choose to obey my voice. Now, this is where God planted that promise in the midst of time and history and humanity. And the well is still there at Shechem. And as you can see, people still live there. And you and I have a choice. We can be like Abraham and we can listen to God's voice. Think about this. The people of Israel, they, they were planted in Egypt. 
And God transplanted them and brought them back to the promised land. Listen, I don't know where you are right now, but if you are being, if you are being shaken up and the dirt's being shaken off your roots, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Because he's doing something in your life. He's doing something. Okay? In Genesis 22, the Lord visits Abram again, and this time he shows him the stars of the sky. And he says, Abraham, he's changing his name now. All the nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. You have obeyed me. What's he doing? He changes Abraham's identity. He says, Abraham, you've left your past and you've come to follow me. I'm giving you a new identity. I'm working through your life. And if you will continue to obey me, if you'll continue to listen to my voice, if you'll continue, this is my promise to you. I will not just bless you. I'll bless the whole world through you. Now, why is that important? Because you and I need to understand that God's blessing in your life is not for you alone. God blesses you to bless others. God is looking for a people that will pass out his love, his hope, and his new life. But you have to obey him. And I'm sorry, but it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. But what's God wanting to do? God's people. He wants to make a family under his leadership. See, when God said to Abraham, he said, Abraham, if you can obey my voice, then you can be a part of my family. He's trying to make us family under his leadership, under his identity. And when you and I, we come from broken families, every one of us in this room, every one of us, I include myself in that. Abraham's family was just as messed up as yours and mine. We look at ourselves and say, no way God could use me. My family's a wreck. God gives you a new family. Doesn't mean you still aren't part of their family. All right? Listen, you may not like your family. They're still your family. And when God brings you into his family, you may say, well, I don't like the church. <laughs> we family now. I've heard my brothers every once in a while complain about me. Little brother this, little brother that. I said, you didn't choose me, God did. You see, you and I have to learn to love our family. And guess what? Sometimes the church ain't perfect. One of the things that God talks about is the, is the family of God. That's what God has always called us. And what God said to Abraham is, I'm going to make you part of a family. Now, if you've come from a broken family, it's been hurtful in this life, I want you to know something. We won't be perfect. The church won't be perfect. Okay? But what I can tell you is this. We're going to get it right some of the time. And we're going to love you as much as possible. And we all need a family. What did, how did Jesus teach, teach the disciples to pray? He said, pray, our Father in heaven. Because God wants us to be a part of his family. Let me tell you a little bit about Abraham's story. Abraham, the Bible tells us about Abraham and how he left Ur of the Chaldees. And I think one of the, one of the things that, that, that we struggle with over Abraham is we think that his life was perfect. It wasn't. 
in Joshua. Joshua's gathering the people around him and he's trying to direct them as they go into this new land and all this. And he, and he reaches back into history and tells them where they came from. In your notes, I gave you this. It's from Joshua chapter 24 too. This is where Abraham produces this great nation many years later. Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. So Joshua now is now speaking in a prophetic voice. This is what God says about Abraham, all right? Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshiped other gods. God says, you need to know, this all started, this all started with Terah, an idol worshiper, a false worshiper. Now, what's it mean to be an idol worshiper? It means that they look to a source other than God to be the source for their life. You and I can be idol worshipers. We can, we can worship material things. We can, we can, we can worship, we can think that, that, that drugs or alcohol will give us peace. Trust me, it won't, okay? We can think that a relationship will give us peace. Those are all false idols. What God says is you've got to worship me. The Jewish rabbis, when they talk about Terah, you know what they say he was? They say that he was actually an idol maker. Yeah. That Abraham was born into a wealthy household in an urban world that made their living off of selling people false gods. And so when God takes the, the people of Israel into the land, he says, please don't do that. Please do not go back to worshiping false gods. Please do not begin to believe that any source other than me can meet your life. And every time you and I look to a source other than God to bring us hope, peace, and life, we're looking to an idol. And we can even idolize ourselves. Please know this, okay? We can believe that we can solve all our problems. Listen, if I could solve all my problems, I would have done it. I needed help. I needed help. And God has been my help. And that's what I invite you to. And that's what, that's what Abraham had to learn. Now, what happened? Abraham leaves there. He leaves Ur of the Chaldees, and, and then he makes his way to, to Shechem, where we said. He gets into the promised land, and he's like builds an altar there. He's doing really good. Now, this is what I want you to remember about Abraham. It's a great comfort to me. Abraham did not always get it right. Did you hear me? The reason I know that the story of Abraham is not fiction because it always having get it get it, he'd have him get it right all the time. It tells us his flaws, his mistakes. But let me tell you this about Abraham. He did get it right when it mattered. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to your next step on all major podcasting platforms. I really need you to help me right now. Because the Bible says that if we agree, it's more powerful. And it impacts even the angelic hosts. I know we all have someone in need in our life, so let's pray today for unbelieving loved ones in our lives. Father, today we want to come before you as intercessors. 
we, we know that to be an intercessor is your highest calling because an intercessor goes before the throne of God and and you're asking for the kingdom of God to come in a certain way. And, and we know that you call us friend. That's what the word of God says. You call us friend. And God, it, it, it's your heart for people to come to know you, to experience the kingdom, to experience your forgiveness, to experience your love. And God, today we're coming as intercessors because we have these loved ones that have not fully committed their lives to you. There's some area of unbelief. There's some blockage. Sometimes we know it and sometimes we don't know what it is. Lord, we're kind of confused as to why they have not surrendered to your love. And today we're praying that you would move. God, we're asking you to send angelic forces. We're asking you to change circumstances. God, we're asking you to do mighty things. God, you sent Jonah to Nineveh that a city might repent and we're asking you to send someone and if that includes us and we've been resistant forgive us we will go we will go immediately but show us Lord begin to move begin to work in these loved ones lives we come before you we're desperate for you we're like a parent who loves a child that needs health and healing. They came to you and you healed them. Well, Lord, our family, our loved ones, they need salvation. They need to repent. They need to turn back from the road they're on. Some of them have worshiped with us with you, before you, and we are just heartbroken. We don't understand. We're unclear on this. But today, we, we say, may they be removed from the fowler's snare today. God, bring them home in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I just love praying. You know, my life has been forever changed by prayer. Everyone who comes to know Christ's life is changed by prayer. And we want to help you grow in prayer. So we're inviting you today as one of our friends and part of this ministry to go to yournextstepnow.com and we will give you a free prayer guide. It's an ebook. All you have to do is give us your email address. Your email address at yournextstepnow.com and you get our free prayer guide and you can join us every day. Be a part of the ministry. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of the Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at the church next door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for Your Next Step. I believe you're going to find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth. You don't have to dress super fancy. It's so lively and it's so much fun and just you leave like, oh, so refreshed. And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of the church next door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well, Come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org. Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. We'll produce a personal podcast, an audio scrapbook that will preserve those memories for generations to come. 
Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text 1-833-38-STORY, 1-833-38-STORY, or visit wesslermedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com.